Welcome to the Third Youth for the People podcast episode. It is our goal to speak out about the many injustices people face today and to spread awareness on these issues. From humanitarian crises to global movements to climate change, we hope to empower our youth for the benefit of people everywhere. Today's episode will focus on the floods that have occurred in Sudan from late September to mid-October. We will elaborate on the impact climate change is having on Sudan, a nation that is in a dire economic and political state. In fact, protests have continued, and just last week, demonstrators gathered in Khartoum for reform. For more information on the political scene, please read our most recent blog, which can be found on our website. We will be discussing remarks from Dr. Osman Ali, an associate professor at the Institute of Environmental Studies at the University of Khartoum. He is also the technical lead author of the State of Environment and Eldup Report. Youth for the People thanks Dr. Ali for answering our pressing questions, along with Ms. Sarah Tigani, a communications specialist from the United Nations Environmental Program. The first question we have posed to Dr. Ali is, how has climate change led to these floods, particularly in Sudan's geographic region? Sudan has been experiencing the effects of climate change for some time now, including increasing temperatures, rainfall variability, droughts, and floods. Average temperatures are projected to increase by up to 3 degrees Celsius by 2050. Rainfall is projected to decrease by 4% per decade, and Sudan will experience increased frequency of both droughts and floods and Sudan will experience increased frequency of both droughts and floods. In Sudan, floods can either be caused by heavy rainfall or by the overflow of the River Nile. These floods in particular were caused by Nile flooding, as well as flash floods that have affected all states with Khartoum facing the worst of the damage. Over 770,000 people were affected in some way, along with 103 deaths, as well as the destruction of 38,000 homes. The Blue Nile level at Khartoum reached 17.65 meters on September 6th, the highest that has ever been recorded. To continue, how is climate change affecting the UNESCO World Heritage Sites in Sudan? Dr. Ali states that one of the UNESCO World Heritage Sites in Sudan are the archaeological sites of the islands of Meroe. For the first time in history, the pyramids of Meroe were threatened by flooding. The National Corporation for Antiquities and Museums in Sudan announced that the flooding of the River Nile threatened the country's archaeological sites. Flood water has already covered parts of the royal baths in the ancient city of Meroe. This was the capital of the Kingdom of Kush, which ruled along the Nile's east bank about 200 kilometers north of Khartoum in the early 6th century BC. Sudan has requested that UNESCO provide urgent help to protect the archaeological sites of Meroe north of Khartoum from the floods affecting the country. Sudan's permanent representative to UNESCO, Ishmael Jubir, explained that Sudan's archaeological sites are facing an unprecedented threat. He calls on the Heritage Emergency Fund to provide urgent assistance to the Sudanese authorities. The Sudanese officials added that UNESCO's assistance is necessary to back official and popular efforts to protect the royal city of Al Badrawiya and ensure the safety of archaeological workers. The next question we asked 
is regarding the role of agriculture in terms of being caused to the floods. Agricultural practices in particular release significant amounts of methane and nitrous oxide, two powerful greenhouse gases. These emissions are leading to global warming and climate change, rising sea levels, increased ocean temperatures, ice melting, and extreme weather patterns to include flooding are commonplace. Dr. Ali responded by stating that agricultural projects have no direct effect on floods, but they can obstruct and alter the natural drainage systems and cause flooding elsewhere. Moving on, how has Sudan's economic status played a role in dealing with this crisis? Dr. Ali notes that the Sudanese are renowned for their cooperation and collaboration in times of crisis. In areas affected by the flood, people from the flooded sites or even from far away came to rescue, offered shelter or financial aid and in-kind help. The economic situation is unfortunately so bad that the official help was meager and often late. But the government has declared that Sudan is a disaster zone and has declared a state of emergency. The government called for the international community to help and this help came from many countries and aid organizations. We then move on into asking how have these floods affected Sudan's political scope? Dr. Ali states that this is not clear, but one can say that the floods crisis has barred the current government as incapable of dealing with such crises. After all, it is a new transitional government formed in the wake of a long corrupted regime. To continue, how are these implications of climate change affecting Sudanese children? Dr. Ali notes that floods have affected children in numerous ways. First, floods have caused the loss of homes, which includes over 38,000 of them. Increased water-related diseases, including malaria and chikungunya, are very prevalent. Cholera increased from 5.6 million of those infected in April to more than 10 million in October of this year, due to floods and other humanitarian challenges that the country has been facing. Additionally, the access to water, hygiene, and sanitation are very limited. According to water monitoring exercises carried out across 13 states, more than 30% of the water sources tested showed biological contamination. Additionally, parents are losing income due to flood damage and children are losing out on education due to loss of school days and even the loss of the school itself due to flood damage. Our next question regards COVID-19. We asked Dr. Ali, how are the floods affecting the rate of COVID-19 cases and deaths? Dr. Ali states that the flood situation has made it increasingly difficult to contain the COVID-19 pandemic. Efforts were directed to flood crises. People who have lost their homes were congregated in crowded camps and makeshift tents, a situation conducive to transmission of the coronavirus. This could have potentially catastrophic effects on the Sudanese people, and unfortunately, there are no statistics on the increased infections or death incidences in Sudan. Our next question is, what are preventative and or sustainability measures that can be put into place to prevent or minimize damage from floods? Dr. Ali suggests relocating affected villages to higher, safer cities, never planning new residential plots, in fold-prone areas, and making use of the Nile flood by redirecting the excess flood water into natural or man-made depressions. And finally, 
by establishing a natural water harvesting program to make use of the flash floods. To conclude our interview, we asked Dr. Ali what his final message to all of our viewers is. To conclude the interview, we asked Dr. Ali what his final message to our viewers and readers is. Dr. Ali says that water is a blessing and do not allow it to become a curse. Youth for the People thanks Dr. Ali for his time and his efforts in answering our questions. We also again thank Ms. Sarah Tigani and wish them both well in these times of uncertainty. Please do not ignore this issue. Climate change is not something up for debate and action needs to be taken if we want to have a sustainable future. Whether that be by protecting ancient historical wonders or simply by making sure Sudanese people have access to basic necessities and treatments to preventable diseases, speaking out is the first step. For more information, please visit the OCHA website, which is the United Nations Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs. Sudan and its people are just one example of the consequences faced by climate change, but nonetheless an important one.